0: Alexa, turn that off, man. We're here. Is the mic on? We're back. Like we never left, man. Cabo Nation! Change of pace today. Can't wait for you to hear this one. Shouts to Prize Picks, man. You know, we are now part of the Prize Picks family. You might be asking, what is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America and most exciting way. To play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two, two, six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And I can't wait for a basketball season to give you some of my picks. The app is super fun, super easy, and Prize Picks now offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. It's also a great way to, to support this podcast, if you go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I know a lot of you ask, how could I support the pod? This is a great way to support. Support for Combo's Court is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off, and free worldwide shipping with the code COMBO20 at manscaped.com. Man, the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and man, it is different. You'll find that lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reviver Toner, and the Performance Boxer Briefs, which I really enjoy. No shafing at all, super comfy, always use the right tools... For the job with Manscaped. Today's show, Kasi Neblett of Netflix's The Mole joins in to talk reality TV, her civil rights legacy, athletic development, and much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Kasi. A little bit of a change of pace today. Can't wait for you all to hear this one. You know you can catch me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O. O M B O Intro Music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it
1: to him.
0: Welcome to Compost Court. Ah,
1: thanks for
0: having me. But your first post on Instagram is like, say my name right but in it's a nicer a way. It's a really
1: nice way to ask someone to say your name right, though. You think? I literally uh-huh. said like...
0: I saw the strain in your face. You were, you were a little angry.
1: I wasn't angry. It was more so... It was kind of... um, Not to start off so deep, but it was like a really big moment because I Ooh. think in the past, and especially on the show that I did um, back in the day, was more so about me being like very much in the background, just letting things happen. And in that moment, my friend was like, my co-star as well, But was like, bro, you need to stick up for yourself. So then I was like, okay, let's start with my name. Like, What was that from? Right.
0: What, what was that recording from? That day um, you corrected her.
1: We, were, we had just finished filming The mole. I think. It was just the, the day or two before the finale. And the final three of us had gone to L.A. to film, like, this crazy, like, news junket. And it was just one of the people there was, like, doing the interview, and she kept saying Kazi, and I was like, God, okay, now's the time. So you hit her up right on the air. Yeah. It's Kasi. Kazi with the S. That's
0: mm-hmm. kind of, she felt bad, too.
1: <sighs> it's tough. But it's, like, it's, it's, it's the necessity. It's not like, my name is Sarah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can, I can assist. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Has things changed for you since... The Mole has come out on Netflix. You've been living in New York for a while, but do you feel like things have changed or it's pretty much status quo?
1: What counts as status quo?
0: It's your life, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I would say.
0: You're gonna say that. I'm, I only ask the good questions, Cassie. Uh, Let's go. I'm
1: let gonna keep saying that. I'm tired. <laughs> yes and no. I honestly feel like so much has changed, but like nothing has changed at the same time, oddly enough. A lot has happened in the past 365 days. So I was traveling a lot, um, doing interviews, partying a lot. Ooh. I was in India for a while, Mexico for a while. But at the end of the day, I'm right back in New York. I'm still at my brother's place, but I do feel, like, very mentally different, and that's really exciting. But, like, my physical state is, like, exactly the same.
0: The only changes have been from within, nothing exterior?
1: More like a cycle. Like, a lot has changed, but I'm just back to where I started, if that makes sense.
0: Where you started in Kentucky? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's the beginning, beginning. I was thinking more of, like, the 365-day cycle
0: uh take me back to that and um because you come from a civil rights background, Kentucky I feel like you know when I hear you speak it's like you grew up in the 60s like you grew up your age you grew up in a digital era but like your vibe is from the 60s really? if that makes sense has anybody ever told you that before?
1: people have said I had a whole an old soul
0: yeah but like you just you- used to sit around in Kentucky and tell each other stories <laughs>
1: I felt like you said that like you knew us. (laughs) I'm from the 60s. Like, what gives you that impression?
0: Well, I feel like many people from the digital era live on social media and on the phone, and I don't get that vibe from you.
1: Mm, That's a a very fair assessment. Um, I don't really like social media that much. I know it's a necessary evil, but if I could live without it, I really would.
0: We could tell those who feel like it's a necessary evil and don't really feel it because of the way they post. Like, you see me, like, I got, like, I love it. I got, like, 15 stories going a day, a new yeah. reel every day. And you you have, I mean, you have a good amount of posts, but it's not really your thing. mm Yeah.
1: No, not at all. But I think that does come from my parents. Because um, they're older. My dad's, like, 83. My mom's 70-something. Don't quote me exactly on these ages. But, like, near about, Um And we grew up in, like, a very country... It was a very country lifestyle. Very different from here. Yeah, the exact opposite, like, the most opposite you can get. When you're in Kentucky, you have this really intimate relationship with your environment and the people Mm. that you don't really have in New York. And I was just talking to my brother about this, that one of, like, the really fascinating things about being in Kentucky is playing sports in Kentucky. It's, like biggest crowd I've ever played for and I've played college volleyball, but the craziest crowd I've ever been in front of was playing my sophomore year in high school at a basketball game and it was our against our like our rival school. And it was like our town's seven thousand people and I swear to God it feels like all seven thousand people are in that gym. And everyone either went, And this was high school? This was high school.
0: Yeah, it's like that in small towns. It can't get like that in New York because, I mean, yeah, the best schools have it like that. But there's so many high schools that it's kind of hard to draw that attention. Like you hear about basketball games from high schools in Indiana. Yeah. It's like small town and you get these huge crowds because there's culture there. I feel like there's so many interesting stories in these small towns about high school athletics. Mad. Yeah.
1: Mad. And I think that's one aspect that people don't realize. It's You're, you're a superstar, too. If you're good at basketball, everyone knows who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Somebody has to come out of there and become a big-time pro athlete for people to find out about that town because then they go back in the documentary and you hear about it. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah. So
1: wait, wait for Russellville, Kentucky. That's where you're
0: from? hmm Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, tell me more about your upbringing. I guess we have went through that a little bit, but, you know, your father, he was actually singing at the I Have a Dream speech, huh?
1: Yeah, wow, you did your research.
0: Yeah, so... What are some misconceptions about that march? Because I know you could probably hear things. You know, you went to Columbia. Who knows what they're teaching there? It might not be correct. Like, do you ever just look up in the sky and say, like, this is not really what happened because my father told me different? Mm,
1: It's interesting because... Growing up with my father who was in the civil rights movement, I do feel like I have this really weird knowledge base Mm -hmm. of history. So if you're asking me for dates and all these straight facts, I really cannot give you that. You're with the vibes of it. Exactly. I can give you these really interesting anecdotes that probably no one knows, but the things that maybe I should know is not clicking all the way, but... I think from that march, what's really incredible is that my dad was telling me how they, the singing group that he was in at the time, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was uh, four of them who used to travel to raise money for the civil rights movement, they were actually singing in California at the time. And so they really wanted to go to the march because they heard that it was happening. And I think one of the other members of SNCC, which is the name of the student organization, was like, no, we need you in California to raise money. And my dad was like, you know, this is going to be an incredible experience. We really want to be a part of it. And it's going to be a really incredible impact on the world. And so so he knew that. He knew that.
0: Because nobody knew how much of an impact that speech would be, right? Like Martin Luther King was marching. He was doing a lot of things. But did he have a feeling that that would be like the one?
1: I mean, at the time, it's not really about, what my impression is, they never really thought about this is going to make history. Like, you're making right, right, history.
0: Right. Like what we're doing here at Combos Court.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, in this moment, you don't realize that this is going to be legendary. Oh, but it is
0: legendary. We know that. But proceed, proceed. <laughs>
1: yeah. But for them, they were just surviving, you know? So what happened uh, at the end, he ended up calling like Carrie Belafonte. My dad did. I was like, hey, I heard you all are going to New York. Um, not New York, D.C. Right, and so Harry Belafonte and a lot of celebrities um, similar to him were very supportive of the civil rights movement at the time, financially and resources-wise. And Harry Belafonte was flying to D.C. was like, Yeah, come to our, come fly with us. And so my dad and his three other like co-singers flew from L.A. to D.C. in Harry Belafonte's like private plane, and they dropped them off, and they went to uh. march to sing
0: yeah that's crazy back in the day where you couldn't just get orbits and figure it on your own you probably needed the private jet at that time
1: i know i think that the <laughs> internet was not the same
0: do you find it interesting that you and your father became a public figure around the same time period mm-hmm. and your father was a public figure in his 20s singing at
1: ah uh, i see what you're saying yeah. apologies because in my mind I was like, we are like 60 years apart, like at the same time No, no, no. Oh, I see, in our both in our your timelines. timeline. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Don't uh, you find that interesting? Yeah, but you but be you- cooler you-
1: than me, you know? Like what I'm I would
0: say is- I, I would say being a known civil rights activist is cooler than being <laughs> a reality TV <laughs> what I'm show. Star. You know, star. You know what was interesting about your show is that you were the star, but nobody knew.
1: That's true. Until the end.
0: How'd that feel? Like, you know everything was revolved around you, but nobody else did. But even though in episode one, you're the first person that sat down. Did you realize that? I think that was a sub.
1: I don't know if that was. That was a sub. I think so? Yeah. Okay. First
0: of all, you were the first person to sit down, and then they didn't feature you that much in that first episode. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a sub that they, like, you know how you get, like, hidden messages in movies? Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a hidden message.
1: Maybe. I'll ask. I'll, I'll report back. Um, hmm. What does that feel like to be the star that no one knows is the star yet? It's kind of nice, actually.
0: Because you're the behind-the-scenes kind of girl. You don't like to be the center of the tension.
1: Exactly. I I could just chill out. And besides being slightly chaotic during the missions and sabotaging certain episodes. I know. Besides that, most of the time I am just kind of hanging out. And there's like a lot of chaos happening around me.
0: Right, because we're only seeing the edit points. Like, there's a lot of downtime, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of downtime. So, for example, like, I don't know. I don't share certain experiences that other reality TV contestants have. Like, I don't know what it feels like to be concerned to go home. I I couldn't tell you, like, what it feels to be worried because I knew that I would be there the entire time. Um, what else? But also, it definitely helped me work on my pride because – There were times when people would, I think Greg, for example, is one of my co-stars. He is very much known for, like, taking shots at me on the show. And I remember one time I was like, are you, have you lost your mind? Like, do you know who you're talking to right now? And I can't, like, say anything to him because I can't reveal that identity. But I also had to work on that feeling to say, like, this is just an ego thing. Like, just do your job and don't get so wrapped up in how someone's making you feel right now.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite books in the world is Human Nature by Robert Greene. What did you learn about human nature, being the mole?
1: This might be one of my favorite questions. I think being the mole and learning about human nature really brought something to mind that Maya Angelou had said. Mm. And do you remember this quote where she's like, people will forget how you make them, or they'll forget what you say. They'll forget what you do, but they always remember how you make them feel. Yes, do you remember that? Of course. Bro, I have never been like my Angelo is more of a genius than after like doing them all because that was so true for my experience. And just watching just watching other contestants navigate and like how they interacted with me. I remember asking one of my co-stars, Avery, I was like, later on after we had rapped. I was like, Avery, why would you not believe that what I was doing was sabotage? And she was like, because I just didn't feel like it was you. Or if I asked Joy and why she always thought it was Will, she's like, I just felt it. It was my gut feeling. And so these are phenomenal women. Like both of them, I think, play an exceptional game, extraordinary. But at the end of the day, it wasn't about like numbers or words or actions, it was feeling. And like, that's crazy. To go like 10 weeks and all you had to do was make someone feel a certain way, and they would just never believe that you could be the person that they're looking for.
0: And do you believe this could help you maneuver throughout the rest of your life in a different way? Or you look back in the past like, I probably could have done that differently.
1: I don't know. I think in life, if I'm thinking about lessons I can take from the mall and into my everyday life, I definitely agree that making a space that people feel comfortable and there's a lot of sincerity there is really powerful but I think it's also taught me a lot about I think Will who's someone I adore who's also my co-star and just an incredible character too I think I learned a lot from him about like how to maneuver really like in a business type of way and I don't think that's my strong suit in that, the essence
0: that's interesting because you were in business you were in finance and you learned more about that on a reality tv show
1: there's a political side of corporate and finance that is... It's an art. It's,
0: Everything's it's, an art, I realized. Yeah. I mean, I realize finance is all about philosophy in a way, right?
1: How do, what do you mean?
0: Like how you go about thinking about money is going to be directly correlated to how much money you make. It's philosophy. It's not. Re- I mean, yeah, it's about the numbers mm-hmm. and math. Yeah,
1: I see. But what it's you're philosophy.
0: Saying. Like some of the greatest philosophers, Charlie Munger. He's like a fantastic. You, you know who that is? He's Warren Buffett's right hand man. A fan, I'll take
1: mental note.
0: A, a fantastic philosopher. Yeah. You know, Naval Ravikant. He's like an angel investor.
1: I will clarify. I worked in finance, but I worked in tech, like deep tech. No, I finance. understand.
0: But you, but you see both sides of it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. If you're a deep, deep tech
0: you're just really in your tech bag.
1: You 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 don't really like I only know about finance from an infrastructure standpoint. If that makes sense.
0: So you learn more about art and creativity during this process with the mold than anything else because that wasn't really what space you were in, even though volleyball is an art.
1: That's true, volleyball's definitely
0: an art. Yeah. Was volleyball life for you? Like like if you ask my mom, like Okay basketball was life for me since I was seven, Yeah, right? Like you played volleyball at a high level. Was it something that you did because you were good at or you had a deep passion for it?
1: Both, I definitely, I think I fell in love with volleyball really around, maybe my freshman year of high school. So a little bit later than seven, but I was playing on this travel team or my high school coach had recommended me to play on this travel team in nearby um, Russellville, Kentucky. And I remember being so excited to go to practice. It was like every single time practice ended, I was upset and like ready for the next practice to start or I would make my brothers play outside with me or I would make my dad go to the gym with me. So it's definitely developed into more of an obsession, I think, around my freshman year of high school.
0: You were obsessed with volleyball. Uh, I I love that.
1: Yeah, I was having the best time.
0: What are you obsessed with these days? Cause you know, usually when you have an obsession, you if you have an obsessive personality, not saying that you do, uh-huh. but you did say you were obsessed with volleyball, I was. you usually have to fill it with something else. Or you just became more well balanced.
1: I wonder, okay, for to that question, how do you feel about playing basketball now? Like is it something that you play in the same capacity or have time for in the same way that you used to?
0: No know And I try and tell people that, like, there's a million people putting me in basketball group chats, want me to play in these glorified men's rec leagues. And as I said before, even before this recording, like what takes you from point A to point B won't take you from point B to point C. So I know my focus has to be with whatever thing I'm doing outside of basketball, even though obviously it's in basketball in a different way. I'm just mm-hmm. not playing anymore. But I play for fun, like I played for fun last night, you know, and I try to do that as much as possible. And on top of that, I think balance is so important for longevity like if you're playing basketball seven days a week and I'm sure you play volleyballs in the morning still like if you just did that without lifting and stretching Mm -hmm. I mean you'll be aching you know eventually you'll be you'll be hurt you'll be aching we're getting old (laughs) Mm. but um yeah I think balance is important in that regard and I feel I have a more holistic approach to working out in a sense that I can't play basketball every day Now, if you add it all up, I'm probably playing basketball every day because I'm doing like some skill stuff because I still love to work on my game. Uh I'm playing basketball a few days a week. So I'm still playing a lot, but I don't, I think I work out as much. Like, I think I work out as much as I used to if you put everything together, but I don't play as much basketball.
1: Mm, Okay. I, okay. I can definitely resonate with part of that in the sense that I do have this desire to be active. Like I cannot. Yeah, be that's instilled. For that's instilled. Long. I think that's instilled, and that's something that I'm still somewhat obsessed with. But I also think I've just been playing volleyball since I was twelve, and I'm 28, so it's Ooh. more so at this point. It's just been, I'm not obsessed in the same way, just because I. It's been a long time where that was a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, but does it bother you? And I don't know if you're not at the same level. Like when you're at the top of your game. That sport is really fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, it's torture to get to that level, uh-huh. right? Now, do you feel like playing is just as fun? I don't know if you're not as good, but you don't put the same amount of time into it, so I'm assuming maybe there's a little bit of a fall-off. Is it just as fun now?
1: Volleyball is still really fun for me, even though I'm not playing for like blood. Like we used Are you to as good as you were in college? I Honestly, I do think I'm better than I was in college now. Because of this. Exactly. And also on top of that, like, things... Think about it, like, volleyball careers are kind of short. Most of the time you stop playing in college. Not that many people. There's one USA national team. Or you're going abroad. Like, there is no NBA. There is no WNBA. So, like, the feeder is totally different. It's
0: crazy. If you become the best in the world, you might not be making as much money as a 12 man in the NBA. Right?
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> also just doesn't pay like that. So, it's more so... I do envy, like, basketball players because you have a really long career. You have the option to have a long career. And I would say, like, Steph Curry didn't peak in college. Mm-hmm. He peaked after.
0: Or he he was so great, but people discredited it. That's that's what some people – but he obviously got better since then.
1: Yeah, people don't peak in college. Like, no. some people do, but most of the best well, people that's, peak later on. That's an
0: issue if you do. That's if tough. if you yeah. want a pro career, I mean, if that's your best at 21, 22, you can get a lot better after that, you know.
1: But that's normal for volleyball. It's normal to say you peaked in college because you don't have that. So, I would say. But on top of that, I play more beach volleyball now. I don't. Oh, play do anymore. you? And beach volleyball where, feels like. A where place. you go
0: to Orchard? I mean, you're in New York now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Let me enlighten you. There's a lot of sand courts in New York City. Well, you told me there's
0: no hills in New York, so I didn't know how many beaches there That's were. That's
1: a good point. There are there's, hills, but there's not ones you want to be running. Hills, oh, yeah. The line. concrete
0: hills in Harlem are amazing.
1: Where?
0: 155th Street all the way by the water. Amazing.
1: East or west? West. Oh, I biked that hill. That one's brutal.
0: Sp- you're biking hills, and you don't even f- you telling me that there's no hills in New York. Okay, there's great you hills. You're thinking of like mountains. Up. What?
1: But I'm saying all that work to go up and then you got to run back down and that's hurting your knees and then you got to go back up. It's not back. hurting your knees. To go down it feels the hill? great on your knees. What?
0: Actually, it's if you walk slow down a hill, it's a great workout for your quads which protects your knees.
1: So do you walk down the hill and run back up? Yeah. But I feel like by that time the time it takes to walk down the hill is ridiculous compared to the time that it takes well, to run back up. And- I
0: like doing shorter sprints.
1: How many sprints do you do?
0: 10 to 15. It t- then- takes like 10, like 10 minutes.
1: Really? That's it?
0: Yeah. And it makes like – I feel like it has such great bang for your buck, you know? Like that little bit of time because it's high intensity, obviously, the sprint.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But you're getting a lot out of it in a very short amount of time. I feel like people go to the gym and waste a lot of their time waiting between sets now there is like there is some strength protocols that it makes sense for you to wait a certain mm-hmm. amount of time like to get to the next set but i feel like especially like beginners they could do so much in their house that they don't even need a gym like they probably shouldn't even be working out with weights at this moment they could be doing like body weight stuff yoga
1: but you got to get beginners how come they can't go to the gym <laughs> 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 what's no. wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious Nobody wants to go to the gym. You know what it is. There is
0: like um, a tribal aspect of it, right? Like you're meeting people. Uh-huh. There's like-minded people. I think that's important. What I'm saying is, some people will drive two hours to the gym in traffic when they could be getting a great workout at home.
1: Who does that? In New
0: York City. You could be, you could be like a couple blocks away, and it's an hour if you're driving.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a lifestyle.
0: It's not. That's why a lot of people don't have cars here, but.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't do that. that. That's fine. I don't think anyone at any level should be doing that. But I do agree with you that before you lift weights, you should do the due diligence to, like, get a baseline. 100%. And that doesn't require you, like, trying to, like, do hang cleans and, like, squats and stuff just yet. So that that's a fair point.
0: As an experienced volleyball player, I find it interesting about how you develop athleticism in volleyball. Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's a lot of translating skills to basketball you know like you have to be able to jump right you gotta Mm -hmm. be quick what is like the overarching philosophy of athletic development in volleyball
1: you wanna know a hot take about athleticism in volleyball let's do it I don't think you actually have to be athletic to be a good volleyball player
0: I see what you're saying but Mm -hmm. if you're really smart and you have the athleticism I'm sure that helps right
1: yeah that's then you're like destiny hooker and like Megan Hodge like
0: But that's what we're aiming for, to be the greatest.
1: That's true, but that is so few. I think what I know more so, like one of the best girls I've ever played with is Serbian, incredible mental, and not athletic at all.
0: So you think the mind is a lot more important than the athleticism? You know, part of that could have been that you were naturally a good athlete, so you take it somewhat for granted. I never saw you play volleyball. (laughs) You're like, you're you're discrediting me. (laughs) No! I was... Like it all came easy to me.
1: I'm sorry, finish your statement.
0: Now go ahead. Retort.
1: I would say, I'm going to just say your name. Phenomenal player, Anya. She's just has this great IQ and great execution. Now, if she had my body, she would, like, if we were one player, uh... it's done so that's why the
0: athletic like the skill level and iq i'm I'm over here speaking like an expert about volleyball but i guess i'm just translating from basketball but i mean the skill level and the iq is probably most important but to take it to the next level you know you need to be a good athlete so my question to you is like what are ways do do you develop athleticism for volleyball like what are they encouraging you to do at the college like what kind of workouts yeah
1: um if I'm being honest, I think what's helped me most with athleticism was there was a time in high school because I used to not be coordinated, and the
0: well you were tall that's probably part of it.
1: Yeah, I was tall, yeah. and my brother remembers this vividly because he used to remind me every day that you are so uncoordinated, and he would like take me to the gym and we would do like workouts together. Um, but. I- But I ended up quitting basketball my sophomore in high school. Sorry, shame on you. I know it's too. You're
0: here on a basketball podcast, quitting basketball.
1: That's what it was. A lot of cardio.
0: Well, the yeah, the cardio in practice for basketball teams is unnecessary. Like it doesn't even make sense. Like there's a there's a point of diminishing return of doing what they. I don't know if this is politically correct anymore. I mean, they used to be called suicides. I guess maybe. I guess they don't call it that anymore. I don't know, but. Too many of those make no sense. Like Sound when we triggered, yeah. Like why you why are you running fifty suicides? <laughs> like what's the point? Of, like work on something with the team aspect. Like work on individual skill. Like we're yeah. just here running for no reason.
1: Okay, but did you not play games where you had the full court press the entire time? Yeah,
0: you get to a certain point, you're in shape.
1: Yeah, but the suicides help. <laughs> yeah, that's not. But come I feel like because- I feel
0: like you could be getting conditioned. Con- get conditioning, teamwork, and skill work blended in together. Oh, I see. Yeah, use the basketball, use team aspects while you're conditioning. Not yeah. just running up and down. It does build mental toughness, but yeah, yeah. Huh?
1: That's a hot take because it's really hard to focus. No, I think teams. In, like, your lungs are dying.
0: I think teams are. I think colleges are realizing now that there was like too much of that. Probably like there's more of an emphasis on like skill yeah. development and team building. Um, you went to Columbia. Played volleyball there. You were captain, right?
1: Yeah, senior year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not bad, not bad.
0: Yeah, so I'm not an expert when it comes to higher education, but the colleges, the greatest colleges that I think about are Harvard, Oxford, mm-hmm. Princeton, Columbia. Yeah. Yeah, what makes Columbia different? What makes it elite?
1: Um, Columbia definitely is a really special place, and I was just talking to my friend about this. So I think it's two things i think for me personally like when we were having this discussion because she's from a very similar economic background as i am like very humble beginnings and columbia is kind of where this like weird like micro community that was very diverse economically very diverse like internationally just kind of like enriched my world so like i had no idea what goldman sachs was before i went to columbia my i mean like my parents They went and banked at, like, First Southern National Bank. I was, like, going through the couches, getting changed just so I could go to the corner store. The couches were the bank? Yeah, that's where my bank was. I was, like, getting (laughs) quarters just to get, like, hot Cheetos at the corner store, you know? So
0: My mom did a Cheetos commercial, by the way. Really? Cheap plug, yeah.
1: Regular or hot?
0: Hot and spicy. No spicy grandmas.
1: There is no hot and spicy Cheetos. It's just hot Cheetos.
0: Yeah, there is. My mom did a commercial. And spicy? Yeah, spicy.
1: I think you made that up.
0: I'll show you. I'll show you a commercial later. Yeah, but proceed.
1: Uh, Brain check that. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, but I think on top of that, it's just an incredible environment. I think your professors are trying to change the world. Everyone on campus is trying to change the world. And if you don't think you want to change the world, just being in that environment is going to make you be like, okay, I probably should change the world too, and that's really special.
0: Yeah, so after Columbia – you were living the, I don't know, is it—is it fair to say regular New York lifestyle? Like you had a job, you were like commuting to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was working in tech finance, living downtown. And
0: downtown. before you knew you were going to be doing reality TV, you stopped working.
1: Yeah, I did. What
0: went into that decision?
1: I would say I, in all aspects, I really like highs and lows. I do well in like oscillating between highs and lows. Chaos not chaos but i don't like steady as much if that makes sense mm. so i think like even the way that i work out i really like hit training a lot
0: hill sprints are his his hit training we're, 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 we'll get away from the hill sprints but it is
1: <laughs> i didn't say okay but i used to i used to do hill sprints full disclosure. Okay. So,
0: I like that too. I like hit training. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm getting a better workout, even though it's good to mix it up, right? Like you don't always want to do hit training. Like you want some kind of contrast. But right. I do love it though. Like kettlebell work. Like I love mm. it. You know, dynamic. Like yeah.
1: There's something about knowing like I just have to like push it through, and then I can take a break, and then push it through, take a break. So I think that's what I needed. I had like been really pushing the limit. And I like I think in work in school. Um, And my mom totally, I'm so grateful because she's always been so emotionally in tune with me. And she was just like, I can feel like this break is what you need right now. And so she was super supportive.
0: That's a lot different than most parents' advice, right? Because you had a great job and parents love security.
1: My dad, on the other hand, my dad is also really supportive, but he was confused. He was like, you're going to quit a job and you don't have another job? Are you sure? And I was like, I'm so sure. (laughs)
0: you know if you look at it <laughs> my friends and stuff they like they always hit me up like you think you're a philosopher now but if you do if you do look at it from like a philosophical standpoint like people might think that is crazy mm. but then other people might think like going to a job every day and i don't know if you yeah. were doing what you didn't want to do i don't know like you specifically was like that but that could be considered insanity right like mm. going to sit at a job for a paycheck doing something you don't really want to do even if yeah. it's a lot of money so some people might think that is crazy. Like even your dad thought it was a little off. But you continuing to do something that you didn't want to do would be insane in itself.
1: Yeah. And I think the younger generation right now is kind of going towards that mindset of why do I need to work a job that I hate just for money? So I think it's it might be shifting yes. like a little bit.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that's the bright side of social media, even yeah. though I think it's like hurting some kids because they're not living life. They're in their mm-hmm. phone. But – that aspect of it is like I could kind of find a tribe on social media that even if they're not in my immediate circle, I could connect with them and even build business off that. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. All right. So from Goldman Sachs to the mole, there was a little period, right? And where did that opportunity for the mole come from?
1: I would also say –
0: You went traveling, right, in between?
1: I did. I did. I was... Was that
0: cooler than the mole? Be honest. No, and
1: i wouldn't say cooler. i wouldn't measure it that way i think they both gave me something that i really very pc needed. answer yes, very pc very we're being here we're being pc or gobble score <laughs> but it's true i'm not lying you want to hurt netflix feelings <laughs> <laughs> no i mean come on like filming in australia is incredible we had a i
0: heard australia is very
1: nice yeah it was stunning an incredible production team eureka was phenomenal to us um but It's different, you know? You go to these really fantastic villas. We're helicoptering everywhere. We're climbing in mountains. We're staying in these mountain lodges. We're staying on these, like, islands that are secluded off the... Netflix got the budget. They had the budget. They really, really did. I'm not going to lie. So it was, like, how can you explain that, you know? Like, that's not something I'm going to do by myself. But I also didn't have freedom, so I couldn't just walk out and, like, buy a soda, um...
0: That's, like, living overseas, I didn't do a reality TV show, I was playing basketball, but playing overseas, like, little things like that used to bother me, even though I appreciate my experience so much, like, just walking to the store and getting something to drink.
1: Did you even walk to the store?
0: Well, things close early in a lot of countries. Oh, I see what you're in New saying. York City, they got bodegas. Yeah, I don't take that for granted. I don't take that for granted now. Like, I really appreciate bodegas when it's something I took for granted beforehand.
1: That's wisdom right there. I love that for you.
0: That is wisdom. That is wisdom. Okay. So tell me this common misconceptions about reality TV.
1: Mm. This is actually makes me laugh. And when I tell this story, because, or maybe you're the first person I've told this to actually.
0: A Combo's Court exclusive.
1: Yeah, I know. Super serious. So the, Huff, the Huffington post, or Huff post now, that they're branded differently. They did this interview with me, and it was about it was after the mole just came out, and it was around how to scope out a mole in your workplace because the interviewer knew that I used to I used to work in corporate, so we do this whole interview. She writes this really cool article, and so she's like, "Oh, the article's out. Check it out." I go look through the comments, and someone's like have they lost their mind? I'm not going to listen to some reality TV star telling me how to, like, operate in corporate. And I was like, that is hilarious. Like, I started cracking up because, like, yeah, like, honestly, like, who would have thought that this, like, a reality TV person could opine on this topic? But I think it's changing because a lot of the people that I've met, like, not just me, like, a lot of phenomenal people from Survivor or from, like, Love Island, they're not just, like, I think your stereotypical reality TV star, like these women, or at least the women that I know, like, they are going to Stanford Business School. They're getting their medical degrees. Like, that's changing. So I think that's one really, like, funny misconception that people have about people on reality TV.
0: I think that's social media because, you know, you take a snapshot of somebody's life and reality TV could be the same thing. And they only look at you. They label you as that. Yeah. Like, even if we're doing this podcast, somebody might say, like, that's not basketball. Like, like what are you doing? You know? Yeah. But it's almost like they they try and box you in. And I guess you have to realize that people in reality TV had a whole life, right, mm-hmm. before that. So their story is so much more. But I think that's the importance of having, like, long-form conversations like podcasts. You can learn more about people, right, and not just what they're known publicly for.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I would also say, like, if you did reality TV, I think something you will notice is that there's something about watching your entire essence in that moment in front of you. Not your entire essence, but like just you, unfiltered. You have to face who you are and like watch who you are and the the decisions that you make, and it will change you. It will legitimately be like, wow, like, you'll take the things that you like or don't like. And you will evolve from that. And that's really powerful.
0: In some ways, you weren't being totally transparent in that role.
1: But there are some under like... Like,
0: okay. like your first episode, you lie in the beginning.
1: That's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah, Just like lying like right off the right bat. The I am not the mole. <laughs>
1: I know. I think for a while, though, honest to God, I was so nervous it would slip out. I remember in my first confessional... the producers like hey you got this just like relax take your time I'm like okay cool but I was really anxious that I would just like let it slip out like on accident like that I would just like accidentally say it and obviously it didn't happen but I think once that moment was over it, it gets easier that's for sure
0: yeah that's so interesting advice for aspiring reality tv stars this might be tough for you because it wasn't something you were looking to do
1: no it wasn't i'm glad it happened though but it definitely was a plot twist advice for expiring reality tv stars i would give practical advice i think that's normally what's the most helpful so like if let's say you wanted to go on i don't know is there this like a real house husbands of Hollywood oh my or something god, like that. <laughs> look what she's putting
0: on me. Real House Husbands of what? Is,
1: is, that, is that a thing? Isn't like Kevin Hart? Doesn't he have some like.
0: I'll leave that for Kevin Hart.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's say you wanted to go on House Husbands of New York. I would say one, find that production company for sure. And no, find the casting company. And see so who's casting for it and apply that way. Don't just apply blind. I would say second. Reality TV does not, like, don't think you're about to be rich when you come off of there. I think you can make money, but you have to be very proactive and, like, really business-minded. So, yeah. already start iterating through what you think your brand's going to be. And, like, creating a brand is hard. So, I'm not even saying have it figured out. Just, like, at least iterate through what you it could be and get that feedback from your audience. Um, and then kind of have a plan afterwards because you're going to have this incredible spotlight. And I think you really do have an incredible opportunity to monetize it. But you need to be thinking about that before the spotlight comes. And that could be either be like an agency. That could be whatever you're passionate about. But I would say kind of really start thinking through those things before you just are like, hey, I'm here just to be here. Um, so that way you take advantage of that moment. I would, that would be my biggest advice. How are you
0: going to take advantage of the moment?
1: Ooh, uh, I So I was that person who was like, I'm just going to be here. Because um, I didn't watch TV before I was on the mall. And you so, still don't?
0: Besides the mall on Netflix streaming right now?
1: It's not streaming yet. <laughs> I, the season two is coming. Um, yeah, I still don't watch a lot of TV, which is kind of um, ironic. But So you're on both seasons? No, there's only, there was, the first season was the season that I was on, and the second season will come out, I think, soon ish.
0: Yeah, but the, we're talking about your season, streaming on Netflix.
1: Oh, it is streaming. You're right, because it's forever. Sorry. I was like, no, it's done. It was ended a while no, ago. No, it's streaming. But I forget how streaming. Netflix works.
0: Yeah, go check it out.
1: Yeah, fair point.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, what's next for you? Talk to me.
1: Um, okay, I don't like this question, actually. Well, because it's my
0: podcast. You could either answer it or, <laughs> or refuse to answer it.
1: <laughs> because I think once you say what's next, people really are like, okay, so how's that going? And I'm just like... You know, what
0: does Cassie feel should be next for her?
1: Okay, I would say in my idol world, I would what's next for me is twofold. One, I do not want to be a starving artist. So I still love tech. And I think the support that tech gives, you <laughs> was like, amazing. Um, but I think my passion projects would be around media. So Maybe I would be like you, do the podcasting thing. Um, that's not You got true. a studio. That's true. This is a nice studio.
0: Yeah, I think it's important for you to stay true to who you are and maybe weave in and out of everything you want to do. Because nobody could do what Kasi could do, right? Nobody has your like strengths. Nobody has your weaknesses. Yeah. So just keep doing what you want to do on the day to day and probably the opportunities will find itself mm-hmm. with your unique skill set
1: supposed
0: to be a snap yeah you, that was crazy what you just that's did that's I should have this hand but I can't snap with my right hand very well so
1: it's a little that's a
0: blooper all right last thing yeah. before we get out of here time flies time flies you've been on the tech side of things you've played sports at a high level you've done reality tv now mm-hmm. what is the common denominator when it comes to success in all these fields or success in general
1: Being successful in anything is something I learned from my parents, for sure. Especially because they, like, for example, my dad's father was a sharecropper, which still blows my mind to this day. And then my dad went to college. Not
0: too long ago in the scheme of things.
1: I know. It's not that long ago. And then he went to SIU. He majored in music. He majored in math. He dropped out to be in the civil rights movement, yada, yada, yada. My mom, like her dad was like a bootlegger, was basically running the streets of Rosserville, Kentucky.
0: During Prohibition?
1: Yeah, he passed away, so I don't think he, so he's good. But like, yeah, during, let me do the math. Correct. Yes, that that adds up. But then my mom went to college and she went to- It's okay. Alcohol is
0: legal now, by the way. I know Cassie. but
1: I was like let me not my mom I was like let me not just bust out my grandpa like this but it's done. So <laughs> um, Well you are a mole. I know, <laughs> but I'm I supposed to keep secrets. That's the opposite. Uh, Are you uh,
0: Yeah, are, are you still a mole? Like is a mole still a mole when everybody knows? What do you mean? Are you still a mole? Do you look at yourself as a mole? Like when everybody knows the mole is the mole are you still the mole?
1: Mm. Mhm. You are
0: So you'll always be a mole.
1: I think so. People still come up to me and it's like, you're the mole. (laughs) I swear to God. And it's crazy because everyone does it. It's like, I don't know what it is about like that character that makes everyone come up to me the exact same way. But they normally whisper it like every single one.
0: It's the dark side.
1: And it's almost like they know me. Like it's crazy.
0: Is that your dark side? The mole? Just you being a mole?
1: That's not a dark side. I don't feel like. So it's good. I feel like it's a side, but not...
0: It's a contrast from what most people are, I would think, unless everybody's a mole out here.
1: I think everyone's a mole. Tell me more. Or at least everyone has a mole in their life. Tell me more. Mm, I would say, it's, if we're getting all deep and stuff again, a mole is someone that is you can't see clearly.
0: Oh, well, there's a lot of moles out here.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, for example... What's really hard is for people who like when they feel close to someone, they stop mm. seeing them clearly and they make excuses for their behaviors. Mm. But if you don't have that tendency, you should apply for the Mole Season 3.
0: Season 3. Go check that out if it ever comes out. We hope so. <laughs> season 1 streaming right now. That's Shouts true. to prize picks. Shouts to Manscaped. Prize picks. Code combo. We'll match you up to $100. Manscaped. Code combo 20. Go get your uh, grooming on.
1: Is it just for
0: menscaping? No, you could probably women skate. Okay. Where where can we find you? Even though you're not big on social, even though your social media is nice. It's just you're not constantly working at it. I feel like you're meditating all day or something. You
1: said what? I
0: feel like you're meditating all day like. <laughs> <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't post on? What reality TV star doesn't post on Instagram? What are we? What's going on here? Oh, <laughs> you have like my one post God. every four months.
1: It's just so much. It's just like what what do you need to know
0: that's your personality i'm an entertainer at heart people need to know they
1: need to know they
0: need to know what's going on I'm like
1: do you need to know what i ate today no
0: i've been better with that like do i have to take a picture of my eggs
1: you, did you to take pictures of your eggs 100 percent.
0: everything Angle i'm crazy down. though eggs yeah Wow. my combo shakes i have a special shake called combo shakes oh really yeah it's crazy.
1: Honestly, if you posted the recipe, I would check that out. It's not
0: bad. It's kale, spinach, almonds, ginger, whey protein, water, and sometimes a little bit of ice. And ginger. I said ginger already. You did. Yeah. Maybe some almond butter. It, it changes, it evolves.
1: The ginger's a little trippy, though, out of all of that. And almond butter with kale? That's mad. I so, would say that's slightly unleashed behavior right there. <laughs> on that note, we're out of
0: here. <laughs> later. There it was. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Big shouts to Kasi for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, as you know, we are now part of the Prize Picks family. So go to PrizePix and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. Signing up with Prize Picks using the code COMBO is also a great way to support Combo's Court. Signing up surprise picks first deposit match up to $100 using code combo I'll leave a link in the show notes for that thank you to everyone who tunes in to combos court across the globe big shouts to Kasi for joining in we appreciate you and be on the lookout for the next episode of combos court combo out